Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of that podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor DJ Lura and Sarah DeYoung. And today we have another voice, but I'm not sure if we're going to... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know what? We're just going to throw her in the deep end. <laughs> Dana Mashevsky is here today. Ooh. Dana, how are you? I'm good. You even pronounced my last name right. I did? Yeah. I pronounced it right? Yeah. Well, that's good. You got to say all that again because it was clapping the <laughs> yeah. entire time and it's super long. <laughs> Dana, Dana Mashevsky is here. She is our new communications director at Atonement. Mm-hmm. Welcome to that podcast. Thanks. All yeah. right. Yeah. Good times. It's going to be fun. It, it will. It will. The the old guard and the new guard are mm-hmm. both here. Yes. Yep. So there's going to be some communicating going on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Well, I, w- I want to ask this question first of um, Dana. What is a community? And Sarah, you certainly can, can share your, your three or four cents. But like, yeah. what, what does a communications director do? Like what is, and, and how do you become a communications director? Mm-hmm. That is a Sarah question. That is well, <laughs> so I think it, it's kind of twofold because so I went to school for public relations and Dana went for animation. Yeah. And graphic right. communication. Yes. Oh, so wow. We are two different things. Yeah. So it's just kind of communications and marketing and all of that stuff is mm-hmm. a great big umbrella that a lot of things fit under. So if mm-hmm. you can do a couple of things under that, you can probably do a director of communications mm-hmm. job. Because you're much more marketing oh. than I yes. am. So and I am much more graphic design. Mm-hmm. Usable skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I went to college, I got a degree in sociology with an emphasis on social psychology. Do you know what you can do with that once you've gotten your bachelor's lot. degree? Set it get to fire. Get a master's degree. <laughs> you, get, you get a master's degree uh, or you um, you try to teach. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not really nice. a, a, a marketable skill. <laughs> well, I have a communications degree as oh, well. Yeah. And um, I, when I was going to find an internship, I talked to my advisor and I'm like, well, what can I do? Find somewhere where they communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can intern anywhere with a communications degree. You know what? I mean, that is a, a really marketable skill because how much bad communication is out there. I mm-hmm. mean, people just don't know how to communicate with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Like the other day I was driving in Moorhead and I saw a tax company that had a great big banner outside. One, you have a great big banner outside. Two, it was in Comic Sans. Oh, you no. love the Comic Sans. I, I was like, man, I no. would never trust. I'm I'm calling the Better Business Bureau. They shouldn't be doing anybody's taxes. <laughs> There are just some rules that are just standard, yeah. and that is one of them. Mm-hmm. You just that font exists for teachers. I, I, That's I about it. No, it sh- just should not be used. As an example of font. what should not be used, here, yeah. here is the font. What not to do? <laughs> oh come on! The font that shall not be named nor used. <laughs> yeah, good times. Good times. We are right in the middle of Lent. It's almost Easter. It is. It's getting close. Yeah. Time flies. We're, we're just a skip and a jump away from Holy Week with uh, Palm Sunday slash Passion Sunday. Those are some of the traditional names of the first day of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. And it's commemorated by um, the remembrance of, of Jesus' triumphal entry. Mm-hmm. 
I love the words that we use for these things. Triumphal. triumphal. Not triumphant. Triumphal. Is there a difference? It's full of triumph. Is it- rather than ent of triumph. <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe, triumphant seems like it's, it's, it's past, like it's, past tense. it's happened. Hmm. It's triumphant. We'll, we'll look Whereas it up. Whereas triumphal is happening in present tense, maybe. I I uh I guess I just assumed that after your after your uh what 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 was this last night your uh, you defined a lot of words last night. I, I just assumed well, that I that, could go to you for the difference between triumphant and triumphal. Well, I I, I think it's the ol and the ent is the difference. I'm going to look it up. I will tell I you that that, up. that I it's very important especially in English to be able to differentiate the words that we use because they carry different meaning, even though they sound a lot the same. And yesterday we talked about the word awesome. Mm-hmm. And as we know from our, our captain, uh, pastor cross, uh, we've been misusing awesome for a long time in this culture. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it really is, is, um, a watering down of the, of the sacredness of the term, because there's not a whole lot of words that get to a level that explains the things of God. Awesome is close. But mm-hmm. when we use awesome to mean good or great, we're actually we're, we're, we're lowering the bar and we're missing out on some really great words that are much better at describing something as great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What was the P one that you had? I forget it again. I had two of them. Okay. Um, gosh, I gave the sermon yesterday. You think I remember <laughs> what these things are. Prodigious <laughs> is one of them. I think that's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Prodigious, which is is like to see something fantastic as in like like supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like if you saw a dragon, that is prodigious. Okay. It's not awesome. <laughs> Could be awful. Yeah, it's also scary. <laughs> Another thing I learned too is that awful is the original meaning of awesome, full of awe. Mm-hmm. And our language has changed it to mean... Just the negative part, because because awesome is meant to describe two things, complete befuddlement at the presence of God mm-hmm. and complete fear of your mortality compared to the almighty God. Mm. So there's a tinge of terror in awesome. Okay. Because this is obviously beyond your control and power. And if God shows up in your, you know, it's kind of like the thing with angels. If you saw an angel face to face, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's a cute angel. We're not talking like precious moments. <laughs> I, I've heard this before. That's why I'm pulling my you don't my, hear you don't hear this away. No, well, I'm just protecting my if ears. You, if you actually saw an angel, it would probably sound like this. Okay. Right. <laughs> and that's that's a sense of of an awesome experience with with the Almighty, right? Yeah. All I right. mean, in the old, in the old, uh, here I'm going on a rant. In the Old Testament, I mean, to even see God, you'd like explode. Mm-hmm. You die. Yeah. So. Right. All right. Triumphant. Having won a battle or contest, victorious. So it's already happened. It's in the past. Triumphal. Made, carried out, or used in celebration of a great victory or achievement. Victory. That also sounds like it's. That sounds. Past. Similar. We're talking semantics here. Yeah, right. Language. It's <laughs> fun. Apples and that oranges. One's like a celebration, and the other one's a celebration. So, yeah, they're kind of the same thing. Yeah, right? mm, there you go. Yeah. I think it might it, be who and whom. 
It could be also as as language evolves, like for example, awful was the original meaning of the word awesome mm-hmm. has come to mean bad. Um, it could be that triumphal was the original term that we've now made triumphant. Because mm. especially in the church, you can you can trace back, like, why do we call this thing this thing? Because that's what they called it in 300 AD. <laughs> and we like the, we, we like the term, so we're sticking with it. Yep. <laughs> if it's not broke, why fix it? <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some business to take care of this week. And, of course, I've lost that business because I was looking up uh, uh, getting into a spelling contest here. Um, but we, I can say them. I didn't say I could spell them. <laughs> Uh, we had um, a couple of uh, a couple of emails come in. Um, the first one is the other one was portentous. Sorry. Oh, portentous. Oh, thinking about that. I've never heard of that word before. Yeah, it, what is it? It means to describe a portent, and a portent is an ominous sign, like portent of the things to come. Like important. So, That's what I was thinking. Maybe. I mean, that, I'm, maybe. it sounds like there's a connection with it, mm-hmm. but por- portentous means something is, um, something wicked this way comes. Oh. Does that sound? Mm. So rather than like, we're going to have a storm, um, and to speak of that storm as, you know, this this awesomely huge storm, that's how you would use, the, the way that awesome is used there is actually you should be using portentous because something, something, something big is coming. Well, obviously, it's of or like a portent. Mm-hmm. It's an adjective, cool. which is often how we use awesome as an adjective That's for other true. things. All right. So last week, we talked about pastor's kids. And we talked to some. And we talked to some. Mm-hmm. Pastor's kids. Well, I got, we received uh, an email from Dave J. And Dave J. writes, the PK that I was friends with in high school was a really positive influence on me. Then I went to college, and my first roommate was a BK, a ELCA Lutheran bishops kid. I was thinking Burger King when I first I was also. That's what I thought, too. I got a little hungry. I can't go into details, but he was not exactly a good role model. I eventually had to move out because we would have, uh, we would have come to blows if I had stayed. And, all, and that all took place in a Christian Lutheran college. Just a little comment on our... And what did we learn from that? Um, uh, it doesn't matter who your dad is, you're still a sinner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we all fall under that. Just as we talked about last week, I mean, pastor's kids are not perfect by any means. Even more so for bishop's kids, because that's just kind of a, a title of authority in some churches. We are not in those churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everyone needs forgiveness and redemption and everyone screws up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of us, it, I, I think none of us would want to <laughs> uh, have the world be able to see clearly and totally uh, what we were like when we were 18, 19, 20, 21, trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Because we're all brain damaged at that time, mm-hmm. I think. Just starting to realize, oh, mom and dad weren't completely wrong. <laughs> That's why college is so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> parents go to college at the same time as their kids do. That's how they get so smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right. But you know what? I mean, it, it speaks to just the reality of things. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it reinforces what we talked about before. You cannot 
it's unfair to put on the family members of a pastor or really even the pastor this idea that they are without sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because I'll tell you what, when I'm given the opportunity and the honor to be in that role, to serve in that office, because that's what it is. It's not a higher role than than any other Christian in the congregation. The pastor is is given specific responsibilities, and it's not a higher office. It's set aside for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel in the midst of God's people. Um, well, the pastor themselves need to hear the the gospel too. It's not like they are. It's not like it's coming from them. Right. Um, one of the best things I learned from my mom, who was a, a, a music teacher for a living, but also everywhere we went, her ministry was music ministry in church. She would make these just beautiful um, cantatas every year. Like, I mean, like a full blown, kind of like what we do here at Atonement with Wednesday Lenten drama services. I mean, these were full blown events. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, you would think you were going to like a, like a like a classical concert or something or or just like a big big production down at like the Fargo Theater. Mm-hmm. And mom would say that you know she I and I would watch her just like <laughs> I have this vision of what it needs to be and she would just put her heart and soul into it and when it was done, you know, people want to be thankful and and be show gratitude to others when when they experience something they really like and they would they would give my mom this praise. My mom would say you know, I thank you, but it's it all came from God. Mm-hmm. None of this would have made any sense if if it wasn't you know to God the glory. And that's something that's stuck with me too. That in I really do believe that when preachers are called to preach, the Holy Spirit is using whatever's being said for those who are hearing it, because sometimes people need to hear a word of conviction, and other times people need to hear a word of promise. Um, and so it's it's to God be the glory with all that stuff, right? I think that's an, that's an important thing because the preacher themselves is also being preached to by the Holy Spirit through maybe their own words, but it's not their own words. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. All right. So we got that one, and we also got a question. And this one is... Uh, is this is this the, the DW? Yeah. Okay. I want to ask everyone real quickly, run and find a Bible. Run... I don't care where you find it. could be on your phone. Do they have to run? This um, can be dangerous. Well, maybe not run. What if but, they have to go down a hall? But maybe you want to speed walk or, or um, what else could you do? Um, you, could, you could shuffle. You walk with purpose. Jaunty. Yeah. Trudge. Trudge. Trudging is walking Trudge. with purpose. You could yeah. moon, trod. Moonwalk. Moonwalk. Yeah, you could. Might, yeah. You'd be going in the wrong direction. You, but, could, you, know. you could do the church clap the whole you way do the there. the church clap. No. <laughs> now you got to explain what the church clap See, is. Here we go. The church clap is uh, a song by Lecrae that you can look up on the YouTubes or wherever you you find your music. And uh, after you fully listen to this podcast, after yeah. this after yeah. that podcast, after this don't, don't detour and stop on the YouTubes on the way. Unless you're on the YouTubes already, don't pause this and go to a different youtube page now remember I, I asked everyone to go get your bible so i hope you're not listening to this you can rewind and listen to it after the fact because <laughs> we want you to go get your bibles because we're, we're gonna we're gonna need to get into the word today is this a deep dive today it's gonna be a deep uh, dive. You, you know how i knew it was gonna be a deep dive how so you came in this room and you grabbed three bibles and <laughs> distributed them without a word just <laughs> here you go here you go here you go 
Well, yep. I hope I hope they do look up um, church clap because the Lecrae. I mean, that's a delight. Yeah, you you will not be. Uh, that's a nice little treat for you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's a good one. All right, All right. so hit hit us with uh, DW, Derek Derek W, and he's sent things in before. We always like uh, when Derek sends stuff in. Derek writes. It's a two-parter, so I'll just read the whole thing. Okay. Why does Judas get such a bad rap when it was actually his betrayal of Christ that led to the crucifixion and salvation of all humanity? Also, is it technically a betrayal or simply a fulfillment of prophecy if Jesus already knew about it and allowed it to happen? Real quick answer. Um, God uses what is evil for good. That's the answer to the first part. Mm-hmm. And the second part is, um, what was the second part again? I had, uh, I had a quick answer. Is it technically betrayal or simply a fulfillment of prophecy if Jesus already knew about it and allowed it to happen? Yes and yes and no. All right. Dana, thanks for coming in. Right. Sarah, hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get in this a little bit. This is a great question. Um, and it's something that, that I think we all wrestle with when, in hindsight, you can look and, and see that the actions of Judas actually led to um, Christ redeeming the world. But the thing about it is, who's deciding to use Judas's ac- actions to redeem the world? Is it Judas or is it Jesus? Right. And you need to dig into the passages of Scripture where it talks about Judas. So, Rather than going to everything, I got a bunch here. There's probably about 10 verses. I just want to walk us through them, and I want us to start in the Gospel of Matthew because this is where we hear about Judas Iscariot. Okay, A couple of details about Judas historically that we can pull out from the Scriptures. Most likely, he was um, the only disciple that did not live, that did not originate from Galilee. Like all, all of the apostles, the 12 that Jesus chose, they were all in Galilee except for Judas. Okay. Okay. And this has to do with his, his last name Iscariot. It's located in um, the name gives a hint that he may be from this, this place that that Iscariot is close to a town's name Mm -hmm. in Southern Judea. Okay. Um, But also it's most likely that Judas Iscariot was a member of a zealot group. Um, And again, there's no, there's no hard evidence of this, but his name gives the hint to that as well because the name Iscariot seems to translate to son of the dagger, Sicari. And we know that in 40 to 50 AD, the Sicari were like a, well, they were terrorists um, against the ruling occupation of the Romans. And so it could very well be that Judas and his father, Simon Iscariot, and maybe their entire family, that it wasn't a surname, it was a title of belonging to the Sakari mm-hmm. as in maybe its, its early steps, okay? So that's the first thing I want to point out about who is Judas. There are two apostles that we can point to to the group called the Zealots. The Zealots were radicals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wanted to overthrow the Romans uh, in order to basically... Um, uh, reclaim Jewish nationalism. Mm-hmm. The Sadducees to a point wanted Jewish Jewish sovereignty. The Pharisees certainly did, but the Sadducees didn't think they had the power to do it. And they were more of the upper class working with the Roman occupiers, keeping them happy in order to 
keep their power. They were more of the aristocrats mm-hmm. in there. Then you had the um, Pharisees, which were the vast majority of people who wanted to keep the scriptures in order for the Messiah to come. Excuse me. And they were wherever you would gather, I think it was like like four or five Jewish men, you could form a synagogue. And it was the Pharisees that really moved that. And if you think of modern rabbinic Judaism, it's great, great grandpappy was the Pharisaic movement. Okay. And Jesus, Jesus attacks the Pharisees quite a bit. But when you think about the Pharisees, understand that the Pharisees were like the good churchgoers. Like they would have been mm-hmm. the, 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 these guys are good. Yeah. What Jesus was pointing out is that before God, your best still falls under sin because right. it's usually self-serving in some way. Right. right. They, they sort of get a bad rap too, but they were, I mean, in, in church all the time, right? Just yep. yep. Good yep. church going folk. Yep. Good church going folk. And the Pharisees developed out of the, the second emancipation of Israel by the Maccabees in like 160 BC. Cause Israel has a long, uh, Judea has a long history of being like, um, occupied by other powers. Mm-hmm. Okay, going back to 587 BC with the Babylonians. Okay, uh, I'll just keep rambling. No worries. No um, Dana came in here and start breaking stuff. Well, I mean, I'm only breaking my own thing. Je- Jesus did the same thing when he came in the temple. I was like, "What is this? <laughs> What's going on, man?" Anyway, um, so you had you had the Sadducees, you had the Pharisees, you had another group called the Essenes that John the Baptist is often thought to be like an example of the Essenes. And they were they were people that uh, would separate from the society and were waiting for Messiah to come, but thought society was too corrupt mm-hmm. and evil in order to really keep God's law. So they separated themselves. It's where we, we get the Dead Sea Scrolls from the Essenes, from their writings. Um and then finally you had the, um, or yeah, I think it's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. And then uh, you have this group called the Zealots and they were really the radical ones. They wanted to overthrow Rome with force. They thought they could do it. And they were like guerrilla fighters or, or terrorists or however you want to put it. So that's a long way for me to get back to that. There are two that were chosen by Jesus to be apostles that both had this, the Zealot moniker. One was named Simon the Zealot. This isn't Peter. And the other one was Judas Iscariot. Okay. So Judas Iscariot, not a Galilean. So he didn't, he didn't like speak with a North Dakota accent. If you think of it that way, he, he had more of a Southern drawl. He was way down South and they were way up North. Okay. So, so he, he didn't, he didn't get in his boat. Yeah. D- different cultures. He wasn't out in a boat <laughs> and he was like, Hey y'all. So <laughs> different cultures. Um, a lot more action down south with, with the capital and so on being further in that direction, mm-hmm. Jerusalem. And so um, much more um, cosmopolitan, if you will, than the rest of the disciples would have been being from Galilee. Okay? Okay. Um, now, let's get into what Scripture actually says about him. Sure. About Judas Iscariot. So I want to go to the book of Matthew, and we're going to go to chapter 10. Those of you playing the home game, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. So if you're in the Old Testament, skip out of there. In the first book you find in the New Testament, about eh, maybe a third, a quarter of the way through your Bible, you'll find Matthew. Now, Matthew chapter 10, verse 4, this same verse is talked about in a couple other places. It's in, it's in the Gospel of Mark. 
chapter 3, verse 19, and the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 6. But I liked how Matthew, chapter 10, verse 4 put it. So this is what it says. Jesus uh, has called the 12 disciples to him, uh, the ones who are going to be called apostles. And the verse says, Simon the Canaanian, which is Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So right from the get-go, he's named as one of the apostles, but also as the one who betrays Jesus, okay? Mm-hmm. So we can all agree on that fact. Mm-hmm. I think the question that that DW raises more is, why did he betray Jesus, and was he guilty of betrayal if it fulfilled Scripture, right? Right, yeah, he wants to know that, and yeah, why he gets such a bad rap. Why he gets such a bad rap, right. okay? All right, so... If you if we now go on, we're going to go to Matthew twenty six, verses fourteen through sixteen. This is also found in Mark chapter fourteen, verse ten. Okay. All right. Okay. The title is uh, Judas to portray Jesus. Now it says, then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said. What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Okay. So from the details of scripture, what we've gotten so far is that Judas Iscariot is chosen to be one of the apostles and that he makes the choice to go and betray Jesus. We're not going to get more details as to why he betrays Jesus until we get into the gospel of John. Okay. Okay. So just to skip ahead, let's go to the gospel of John. And we're going to go to John chapter 6, verses 70 through 71. And maybe this will give a little bit of a sense as to what's going on here. Okay, John chapter 6, verses 70 through 71. It says... Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Now, what you need to know is a little bit of backstory at at this point in John. Mm -hmm. Jesus had amassed this huge following. Huge. And uh, it's right up to the events of the feeding of the the Mm 5,000. Mm-hmm. Now, once he's fed the 5,000, this crowd is like ready to make him by force king. Like Judas Iscariot, it's right in line with what the zealots would have wanted. Yep. Get the entire populace fired up, hundreds of thousands of people, and they'll be able by force to overthrow the Romans. Right. Jesus' response to them is, you do not believe in me. You're just here because you've had your fill. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood... You will not enter the. You will not be saved. Mm-hmm. You will not receive eternal life, and it drove off a bunch of people. Now, yeah. this is just um, speculation on my part, but what happens at this point is we start to hear about Judas Iscariot, not as one of the twelve chosen by Jesus, but eleven plus one more, who's a devil, mm-hmm. and it could be that Jesus has just rejected the vision for Jesus as the zealots had wanted him to be like a Messiah who would come and overthrow the Romans and put them at the head of all tables. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were actively seeking this. It wasn't just a hope like the Sadducees or the Pharisees had. It was, we're your army. Let's make this happen. 
Jesus has just rejected that outright and has said kind of the opposite. And um, what you have then here is Jesus announcing to his disciples, did I not choose you? So Jesus chose Judas Iscariot along with everyone else. And he also says, though, and yet of you is a devil. Now, what could have changed for Judas Iscariot? There's a key thing that Judas is missing, and there's two tragic figures in the Bible that are easy to point to. One is Judas Iscariot in the New Testament. The other is King Saul in the Old Testament. And they have something in common, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, but they're missing something. What do you think Judas Iscariot could have lost at this point concerning his trust in Jesus? I'll give you a little spoiler. Okay. He lost trust in Jesus because okay. Jesus is not willing to be the type of Messiah that he wants. Yeah. Okay. So there's an argument of what was the motivation of Judas Iscariot? Um, one is that he was trying to push Jesus to be the type of Messiah that he wanted because he'd seen Jesus do all these miracles, mm-hmm. all these signs of power. And now when, when the Passover comes and everyone goes to Jerusalem, to the main city. Well, here's, here's the seat of power in the south for the Romans. In the north, it was, it was uh, uh, I believe it was Caesarea Philippi. I mean, Rome is huge. Mm-hmm. But yep. the thinking was, okay, we'll, we'll overthrow them and we'll do it with all of the pilgrims that have come to the Passover. Everyone will take up arms and go to war. Could be that Judas Iscariot was trying to make that happen. By, by saying that he would betray Jesus... He was seeking to move Jesus' hand mm-hmm. to basically be what Judas Iscariot wanted him to be. Right. He would, yeah, he just figured that Jesus would would fight back. Yeah. Yes. And when you get down to the nitty-gritty, isn't that the original sin after all of, of wanting to be our own gods by making God do what we want him to do? Right. Okay. So just a little hint there. But there's, there's more to the story because, again, I'm not saying that's how it is. I'm saying that's, a, that's one way you can look at it mm-hmm. of what's happening here. So let's go back to um, let's go back to Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 16. Okay. Matthew 26, 14 through 16. Yep. Okay. The, uh, the interesting thing about the, the 30 pieces of silver is that was the price for a slave at that time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, and this has a, this has a, a ring in the Old Testament. So the one of the 12 whose name was Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Mm-hmm. The prophecy is given in Zechariah um, chapter 11, verse 12, where it talks yeah. about, uh, we can go to Zechariah eleven twelve 12 if you want. That's in the Old Testament for you playing the home game. And I'm not very good with the minor prophets, so I usually just, just feather my Bible <laughs> until I find it. Um, but it's at the end of the Old Testament. It's in the back. Zechariah 11, verse 12. Okay. Once you find it, raise your hand. That's what I do. That's what I do in confirmation. Okay. 
It says, then I said to them, if it seems good to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. And they weighed out as my wages 30 pieces of silver. So this is thought of as a prophecy by Matthew mm. of pointing to how Jesus would fall into his enemy's hands. Because again, Jesus is God. Mm -hmm. How is this going to play out? If God doesn't allow this, and I'm talking about Jesus here, if Jesus doesn't allow these things to happen, how there's no way they can happen. Right. And John is going to allude to that, especially with the story of, of Judas Iscariot. But here's the question. So it was prophesied. Does that mean that Judas Iscariot is a puppet on a string? Or does it mean that God knows what's going to happen regardless? Right. Because there are other places in Scripture where God speaks about, if you do not turn from your way and hear my warnings, then this will happen. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that Israel had to be destroyed? Does that mean that Jerusalem and Judea had to be destroyed? Because there's all kinds of prophecies prior to the destruction of northern Israel in 722 BC. Mm -hmm. Going back to Noah in 1446 BC, mm -hmm. where it said, if you, in, in the book of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it talks about, and Exodus, if you keep my commands, then I will be your God and you will be my people. If you do not keep my commands... I will allow your enemies to come and destroy you and to send you into exile. And it even says, and this will happen. Mm -hmm. um, in when, when the people are delivered out of the promised land, that was prophesied to Abraham mm -hmm. to happen about 400 years before it actually happened. So there's a span of time. Right. And um, to Abraham, it even says, I will give your people this land. And then they will lose their land from their unfaithfulness and be sent into and they'll they'll be sent into slavery. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the way back. So what is that? Is that is that guaranteeing it's going to happen, or is it God giving foreknowledge of what the future events are that are far removed from that person mm -hmm. as as kind of a sign, a pointing sign? Well, the question is, do you have faith in those? commands. Do you have, yeah. do you have faith in those promises? It's not predestination per se, it's foreknowledge. Yeah, it's just knowing like when you talk to your kids, yeah. you're not going to listen to me anyway and then this is what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have you have um and so with those prophetic statements <laughs> You're laughing, but it's the truth. I know. <laughs> consequences. It's it's more consequences than written in the stars. Yeah. Um because you know, God also gives promises that if you if you keep my word then this won't happen. Mm -hmm. But the witness of the entire Old Testament is to show that without God's word and without preaching present in the midst of the people, like the book of Judges, they everyone goes their own way and just mm -hmm. like immediately turns away from God. And so it's like God saying it's bound to happen. Mm -hmm. You ever you ever said that about someone in your family? Mm -hmm. Be like, oh man, well, you knew that one was going to get into trouble. Yep. It was bound to happen. Yep. Well, what are, are you prophetic? Is it, is it just, written in the stars? You just know their nature. You just know their nature by being in relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And so you have this person, Judas Iscariot, and it's not as if he is innocent of the choices that he makes because there's something missing in, in all of the narrative of Judas Iscariot that is present with the other disciples. In fact, a good person to compare Judas to is Peter. Okay. Okay. Who screws up more than Peter? Nobody. <laughs> He's the king. He's 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 the rock on which he confesses the faith of the church that it is Jesus. He is the Christ, the mm -hmm. Son of the Living God, and he's the the sinking stone. 
who walks out on the water and suddenly he loses something Mm -hmm. and what happens? Yeah, starts to sink. And what does he do when he starts to sink? Calls for calls for Jesus. And what what happens then? Well, he's back up. He's back up. Judas has no faith in Jesus. And his actions show that. Mm-hmm. Like he may not have had faith from the beginning, and yet Jesus chooses Judas. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear about this more in John about how it breaks Jesus' heart of what he's going to suffer, and yet he still is great. He still he still shines God's grace even to someone like Judas, who refuses it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's much you you can compare Judas Iscariot to Peter, and they're two examples in Scripture because they're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Just like you can compare King Saul and King David, mm-hmm. and there's something that both King Saul and Judas do not have that David and Peter do. And again, the spoiler is what David and Peter have that Judas and Saul do not have is faith in God's mercy. Right. And that's that's the key thing. It's will, do you trust God to be merciful to a sinner like you? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of skipping ahead here. Uh, and I'd <laughs> encourage people to read for themselves. But what you're going to find with Judas Iscariot is that he betrays Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he betrays him in a really interesting way um, that... We wouldn't notice with our modern ears, but I want you to turn to, let's see where it is. Go to Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 50. Matthew 26? Yep. Okay. 47? 47. Matthew 26, 47. Matthew 26, verse 47. Okay. I have these grown-up glasses, so sometimes my... Bifocals don't work the way they should. They call them progressives, but let's let's be honest with each other. They're bifocals. I'm okay with that. Okay. You ever look through them? No. Like through through bifocals or uh-huh. through progressives on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'll be reading a book and I'll be looking at it from the top of my glasses, and yeah. the and the letters are smaller. And then all of a sudden, I'll get to the bottom of the page, and the letters are huge because they're coming through the who changed the font size? Yeah, right. But your brain doesn't doesn't process it. It just takes it as completely normal. Mm-hmm. You almost have to, when I get to the bottom, I'm like, oh, those, that looks bigger. And then I look up to the top. I'm like, oh, how do I read that? So uh, yeah. So yours don't have the old school. Uh, you can the tell. Line. Oh line. yeah. No, I don't have the speed bump. Yeah. <laughs> just right on down. Okay. So <laughs> it says, and this verse is also um, to be found in Mark and Luke and John is special. John has his own little details added to all these events. Mm-hmm. But this is the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. It says, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the 12, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, rabbi. Mm-hmm. And he kissed him. Yeah. And, G- and Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. The reason I read it that way is because I wanted you to get the sense of what was actually happening. There's a huge army of soldiers. There, it's it, From John, we hear it's like 400 soldiers. Mm-hmm. And Judas is at the lead. So don't picture him as being all... all um, Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. It was 
it was almost a term of attack mm-hmm. to say greetings, rabbi, and it would have been done in a sarcastic manner because throughout scripture, aside from a few, like, like Mary Magdalene, when she sees Jesus, you have this outpouring in the term rabbi, but she says rabuni, which means like my teacher. Mm. Okay. It's used almost in a place of you say you're these things, but you don't have the authority to do it. Like scribes will come and say, Rabbi, let me ask you this. You know, Rabbi, let me ask you this of Jesus. Mm-hmm. His disciples rarely use the term. When Judas is using it, he's basically saying, you say you're the teacher. Mm-hmm. Let's see your authority. Mm-hmm. It's that same kind of test that's happened to Jesus over and over again. The result is that Jesus doesn't give in to the temptation that Judas is basically giving to say, be the type of Messiah I want you to be. Mm-hmm. Be a King David. Don't be, be a lion. Yep. Don't be a lamb. Um, what comes next is we hear that he says he uh, regrets his decision, yep. right? Yep. So now we're going to turn to Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5. Okay, now check this out, because this is important. This is always important to to read the context mm-hmm. of what is being said. Okay, now, uh, chapter twenty seven, verse three starts with, "Then when Judas, his betrayer, again, it comes up again and again, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind, and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying." I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. Okay, so in reading this, a couple of things I want to point out. It says he changed his mind. What does that sound like to you? That he changed his mind? (laughs) <laughs> when we talk about repentance, what's what's often the example that we give to try to make sense of it to a modern mind? What is repenting? It's it's uh, um, realizing that you screwed up. Yeah, and, we'll, we'll say and, things like you've changed your mind, you've mm-hmm. turned away. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But that's actually not what repentance is. That a better a better term for that is contrition, or um, um. What was the word I just used? Are we way over time? Contrition. Contrition or um, uh, regret. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you look at the Old Testament, King Saul does not do what God tells him to do. And the prophet Samuel comes and the judge Samuel comes and said, you didn't keep God's word. Therefore, the kingdom is being taken away from you. And it uses that same kind of language of Saul's regret. Mm -hmm. I have sinned against the Lord. But it's not repentance, just as Judas is not repenting here. Instead, what you have is Judas being condemned by the word of God himself by his own admittance. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 25, it talks about killing someone with, uh, uh, that has innocent blood and having a curse being placed upon you. And it's tied into Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23, that talks about... Um, uh, you will have, you will also have a disgraceful and, and horrible death because of the decisions that you've made in murdering the innocents. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Judas knowing the scriptures 
And knowing what he did as far as Jesus is concerned, that Jesus did not become the Messiah he wanted him to be, but that Judas was personally responsible for Jesus' uh, arrest mm-hmm. and ultimate murder, holds onto the condemnation of himself. And so he has regret and he has contrition. He's missing something that's really important. Peter had it. David had it. Faith. Faith. Mm -hmm. Because both David and Peter screwed up big time, but they leaned on God's mercy Mm -hmm. and they turned to God. Judas at this point never turns to God. Instead, he condemns himself by taking upon himself the condemnation that he deserves according to God's word, according Mm -hmm. to the law, and carries it out by taking his own life Mm -hmm. rather than turning and seeking God's mercy. That's what repentance is both. It's contrition. It's knowing that I know nothing good from God, and yet I am going to turn to God and seek, seek their guidance. And if you think about that as a relationship between like a parent and a child, if a child has done wrong and they're just convinced they've done wrong, they fall into this place of despair. Mm-hmm. But if a child does wrong and then they turn to their parents and they're like, I'm sorry. I mean, everything gets reconciled. Mm-hmm. And so what you have is God foreshadowing the inevitable reality of things. And there's more to it because it's not just Judas who's the betrayer. Mm-hmm. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. If you go back and you read what we read before about the betrayal of Jesus, it says in the end, they all fled, all their chosen people. Yep. And so it's not just Judas who's the betrayer. Peter's the betrayer. Yep. All the disciples are the betrayers. And guess what? So are we. Mm-hmm. We're all tied up in it. So, To look at Judas and try to justify Judas is to miss the details of his own choosing of of betraying Jesus and yet not seeking mercy from Jesus. He's missing faith. Mm -hmm. Now, the question recoils on the reader. Have you betrayed Christ? Mm -hmm. The answer when you read the the gospel story through the cross is is yes, Jesus was, was handed over to sinners. And if I am not in that group, then he didn't die for my sins. It's really a condemnation of the entire world. God has shown up in our midst, and the world has rejected him. It's what the prophets say in the Old Testament. Mm. All of that is prophetic. All of that is to happen. It doesn't mean that the people, that we are guiltless. It means that we're actually guilty. Mm-hmm. So what hope do we have? To cling to the, the one who is righteous and seek his forgiveness. Judas does not do that. Saul does not do that. David does. Mm-hmm. And so does Peter. You know, Lord, you know I love you. Mm-hmm. Feed my sheep. Right. You know, the three times that that Peter betrays Jesus, Jesus gives him the opportunity to repent. Yep. Instead, Judas is like, I'm a sinner. I did wrong. I shed innocent blood. I deserve to die. Done. Yeah. Well, there's no faith there. Right. Now, I'm not, you know, don't misread this because some people will be like, well, are you saying that anyone who commits suicide is damned. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is when you look at the events of, of Judas, he's not shown to be guiltless because he's carrying out God's will for creation in spite of himself. Mm-hmm. God takes the bad and uses it for good. And just because God knew that a thousand years before it actually happened does not mean that it's been preordained. Mm-hmm. It just means God knows this is going to happen. And, and Judas is not innocent of the actions. Right. 
Does that does that make sense at all? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the way to go with this. That and it'll continue on because you have um, Jesus talking about in John especially the the character of Judas from the get go. Remember, Jesus chose Judas. Mm-hmm. Judas did not choose Jesus. And even at the end, when Jesus is to be betrayed, it's Jesus who willingly goes to it. Yeah. So Judas is complicit, and Judas carries it out with the prodding of, of Satan. It talks about that in a couple places, that the devil had a hand in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it's it's an example that all of us have betrayed Jesus, and we all need to repent. Mm-hmm. And repentance means contrition for our sins, but also faith in his love and his mercy. Is that a good, does that answer, do you think, DW's question? I'm well, sure you can follow up later. Yeah, he can. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, you can you can follow up. I'm sure you will. There, there's a lot more verses, especially in the narrative of John and Luke, that um, gives more hints as to what's going on. But from the narrative, you get the sense that from the beginning, Judas did not have faith in Jesus. He mm-hmm. wanted Jesus to be what he wanted Jesus to be. Right. And we're all guilty of that sin, too. Yep. Cool. Thank you. Good enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good enough. All right. So what's happening next week? What's going on? We got a schedule? We got a lowdown? Oh, man, we got we got stuff. Okay. It's Holy Week. Yep. Which means it's, it's uh, game on. Yep, and, it is. And uh, this upcoming Sunday is Palm Sunday slash Passion Sunday. Yep. Um, and so, so that's regular services, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody who's uh, coming in or watching online, there's there's nothing different, right? Everything. Nothing, nothing is different on Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, right? Um, however, we're going to be having something very special at the ten thirty service, which is the ordination of, oh yeah, the Reverend, as I like to joke, the right Reverend. <laughs> Or the what do you say the the Reverend Master Master Pastor? He has two <laughs> master's degrees. He's no longer a Padawan, <laughs> right? Uh, the ordination of, of Mark Soljum. Yes, We're very excited for that. Long time coming. Yep. And then uh, later in the week, no Wednesday. No Wednesday. Wednesday. We went Wednesday Lenten services have come to a completion. Yep. But the news will continue on Thursday and Friday. They and, got great reporters on, on the oh, news. Man. Have you ever watched it? I was I I wasn't sure how they like like what their tagline was because I hadn't heard like their name like they're not they're not CNN they're not they're not like um, C-SPAN mm-hmm. they're the news the news and I I love the the tagline on that like it's kind of like um what's his name there used to be a guy on NBC radio who would say you're listening to WNBC <laughs> and that was the thing That's I'm Ted Koppel in this. Is Nightline. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. The news. <laughs> great reporters. Great reporting. Uh, the the details that they get are oh, just... Man. I mean, the investigative reporting is wicked good. They've got the scoop. <laughs> <laughs> they've got the scoop. They yeah. are wonderful. Mm-hmm. They are top-notch. Yep. It's good yeah, stuff. so that will continue, right? Thir- yes. Thursday. Yes, Thursday and Friday, and I believe Easter Sunday. Yep. Yep. Um, so, because so, I think there's more to the story that they're covering yet. Twenty-four hour news cycle. Yes. So there will be on uh, the Thursday is known as Maundy Thursday, which means New Commandment. It's the commandment where Jesus says, when he instituted the last the Last Supper or the the Lord's Supper, what we call Holy Communion, mm-hmm. 
he said, love one another just as I have loved you. That's mm-hmm. the new commandment. Yep. That's kind of kind of supposed to be the bread and butter of Christians. Yep. Love it always God, confused love me. It always confused me because I, I didn't know why we had a Monday, Thursday. <laughs> right. When I was a kid. Yeah. Monday. Th- and I always thought, what's this holiday called Lent? Yeah. You know, isn't Lent something I, gross? I got that in my pocket. <laughs> right. I actually cleaned uh, the dryer vents in my home. Find uh, a lot of lint. Oh, God bless you. 40 days, 40 nights of it. We're lucky the house didn't start on fire. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Suddenly you dis- discover there's been angels at all the corners <laughs> for yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you haven't done that in a while, uh, just <laughs> pretend like I didn't say anything. <laughs> so back to Holy Week. Uh, on Thursday, we'll be having worship at noon and 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. At the 6.30 p.m. service, we're going to be having a dual location Oh, man, it's going to be great. Yeah, so we'll be having, um, it's our first communion, those who are receiving first communion, those in fourth and fifth grade. Yep, For, and fifth grade because we were not able to do it last year. We were we were deep in the COVID, COVID. pandemic. We were, ago. yep. Um, and so, but now we're, now we're able to do it, which is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the families of the fourth and fifth graders in the ARC, mm-hmm. but we want everyone also to participate by being uh, present in a second location, which will be the sanctuary, mm-hmm. and we are going to connect the mm. two locations via the the magic of broadcast and streaming. Yes, it's going to be very cool, yeah. and it's going to be live worship in both places. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yep, we're going to have yep uh, hymns in in the sanctuary and the the music they've come accustomed to in those locations. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yep. And so, uh, and communion in both both locations. Yes. So. That's Monday Thursday, and then what we call Good Friday, although it's kind of a bad Friday yeah. if you think about it. That's another one. That's another. Why do we call it Good Friday? Well, because it's good for us, mm-hmm. and um, it's how the good creation finally becomes what God calls it from the beginning. Yep, good yep. by Jesus dying and rising and redeeming humanity and taking upon Himself all the sins and the judgment that we deserve, which is death yep. for those sins. So on Good Friday, we'll have worship again. Noon, 6.30 p.m. Yes. Uh, only one service space at 6.30 p.m. That will be in the ark. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Then we come to Saturday. What's happening on Saturday? Oh, man. Danny, you want to take this one? It's the Easter egg scramble. Yes. Ooh. What do we got? What's so. happening? Can, can we can we pick a bone of speaking to the communications director? This is just a suggestion, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now that you're new and we're going to triangle you, Ryan and I like the term e- Easter egg extravaganza. Yeah, extravaganza. Just so you know, I haven't picked the name. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you who you should ask about that. Lisa Hansen. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We should t- really? I would have not she, guessed. She has the story on that. Okay. Because here's the thing that gets me. I love scrambled eggs. Are there <laughs> scrambled eggs? Well, there could be. Talk to Katie. Okay. Worked right. into the system. Make that happen. It, Who's d- working on the food? Dana, yeah. if, if you I put it in the graphics, if, it, if you put it in the graphics, it has to be there. <laughs> we, right? It, it's like, it's like um, Anchorman. We don't actually think <laughs> on our own. What's ever in the prompter, that's yep. what's said. <laughs> Ron I'm Ron Burgundy? Burgundy? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. So we got, we got an Easter egg hunt. We've got... Bounce houses, yes. face painting. Oh, man. Concessions. concessions. There will be concessions there. Are there going to be great. scrambled eggs there? You're in charge of that, Ryan. 
Yeah, I just found out you're the man and, and man yeah. with the control over the concessions. Is that true? Well, I I will be there. To, you heard it live on that podcast. <laughs> I w- I will be there uh, to to herd some cats, but sure. uh, I but uh, that's in in other people have been doing the planning and okay. and will be doing a lot of the legwork. I'll just. I'll just be there to hang Ryan out. Ryan is a self-identifying blister when it comes to yes, something. Yes, I am a blister. Wait, what? I He's show blister. up when the work's all done. <laughs> is that a blister or a scab? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you when you're working and then you like, you know, a yeah. couple hours, oh, yeah. I got a blister. Yeah, that's me. That's How you. did I get that? Oh. Yep. After all the work's done. <laughs> yep, after that's all good. the work's done, that's when I show up. That's good. Well, I'm just saying, when I hear Easter egg scramble, it gets my, my mouth all ready for some scrambled eggs. So if we could have some, that would be. Well, we'll see. That would be spectacular. Be there be there at two for the scrambled eggs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> at two. The, the two. Event, yeah, the events from 11 to 1. A.M. or P.M.? <laughs> be there at 2 a.m. <laughs> there will be no scrambled eggs. Maybe we'll work on it for 2022. <laughs> So 11 to 1 on Saturday. <laughs> Easter egg scramble. <laughs> oh, hey, what? we're also having a, a, a barrel train, are we not? Yes. Barrel train. Really? Yeah. Oh. A train of barrels. Yes. Yes. That, that should be fun. I just picture that in my head. It, it, I hope it's as exciting as I picture it in my head. Oh, it's got to be. I'm going to go the opposite and say, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> all it makes me think of is the like old people that have farms that have barrel trains for all their dogs. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> their dogs? Yeah. But it makes me think of uh, the Hobbit movie when they're going down the river and they're all on barrels. Nope. Never mm-hmm. saw it. No, I know. You... Is Easter well, on Sunday again this year? Easter is on Sunday again this year. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. Ryan, not to get too much on your plate, but Thanksgiving this year will be on a Thursday. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Christmas is the 25th of December again? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, I'm double check that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should be. Should be. I'll look it up. So what's happening on Easter Sunday? Easter. Aside from Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Yes. Hallelujah. We're going to have five worship services here. Five. Uh, five, which is really exciting because last year... At Easter, I don't think we were just online, mm-hmm. right? Yes, there was only a few of us in the building. Yes, I remember that. And so it's going to be, you know, and and you know, uh, worshiping together online and connecting that way is is great. Um, but also being able to meet on site as well as online is, yep, stupendous. We'll do both. Yeah. So we'll be having um, an on site worship service at nine a.m. I'm sorry. It's 6:30 a.m. I'm 6:30. sorry. That's our sunrise service. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at 6:30 a.m. It's only on site. We right. won't be broadcasting that. Nope. But then we're going to have simultaneous services at nine and 10:30. I said simultaneous, right? I didn't you say said, spontaneous. Yep. You said simultaneous. <laughs> okay, this I got time. it right this time. <laughs> yeah. Which means at the same time there will be worship in the in in the sanctuary yep. at 9 a.m. Yes. And in the ark at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. The service in the sanctuary will be broadcast just like we always do the nine and the 10 30. Mm-hmm. So that will be on site and online 9 a.m. in the sanctuary yes. on site only in the ark. And that'll be the modern service 9 a.m. 
um, in the Ark and Traditions Service in the Sanctuary, mm-hmm. 9 a.m. Uh, if you're picturing like John Madden drawing a bunch of things, that's yep. kind of what I'm doing right Lots now. Of X's and circles. This is this is busy. We'll we'll give you another place to uh, go and find all this yeah. later. Yes. But DJ, in, you keep going in writing so you can look at it like a math problem. Thinking how do they do long division again? <laughs> Ten thirty. We'll also have two services yep. happening spontaneously: a tradition service Sim- and <laughs> and simultaneous si- simultaneous. Can we do it spontaneously too? Spontaneous simultaneous services. Well, if we're scheduling it, it's not really spontaneous. Oh. How about a planned spontaneous service? Can we? I like that. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> We're going to spontaneously if, if plan makes, a service. If it makes you feel better. It kind of does. I'm, I'm spontaneously trying to figure out how to explain this. <laughs> Simultaneously, which means at the same time, there will be worship in the sanctuary, a tradition service, mm-hmm. as well as in the ark, a modern service. And the modern service at 1030 will be online as well, broadcast. All right. did, did that work? 1040, Gordy. All Sounds right, good. good. Enough. Yep, yep. Rewind that about three or four times <laughs> and it'll make sense. Or you can go to atonementfargo.org or atonement.live, which you can also find uh, all of the times for all of the services and that podcast. You can find that as well there. Mm-hmm. Cool. What okay. else we got? Well, we I think we need to... Uh, I don't know what we else got a, we got. That's that's got, plenty. Got a, All right. But well, I think, let's I think, pray us out of here then. Hold on. I think uh, I just want to say, Dana, we're glad you're part of the team. Mm-hmm. And oh, thank uh, you. happy that you're here. And and happy that you came in. You were a little reluctant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you did it to yourself, though. I came in the room and you were standing here. <laughs> See, and I, I was, was like, hoping that I was going to be gone by the time you got <laughs> in here. Nope. But. That's when the door closes. <laughs> it's like, oh, someone new. <laughs> Grab a headset and a mic and away we go. <laughs> Just trying to say hi to my friend. Yep. Yeah. No, you did great. <laughs> yeah. Top notch. Top notch. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Somebody's pray, got to pray us out. Pray us out of here, Ryan. I'm doing it. Yep. I did it last week. No, you didn't. I did. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for, um, thank you for Jesus. Um, thank you for sending sending Jesus for us to save us, Lord. And God, thank you for this uh, this time of year. Um, thank you for this season. Uh, thank you for DJ um, with uh, the answers that he had for Derek, and thank you for Derek and and for Dave um, for the the uh, conversation starters that they send us, Lord God. I thank you for Sarah, and I thank you for Dana uh, who joined us today, Lord. I pray for all the people listening uh, that they were blessed by what they heard, and God, I pray that uh, they would uh, search search for you and and find you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. What else? Okay, I'll play this out. Okay, so thank you all for joining us. Uh, uh, for uh, Sarah DeYoung, Pastor DJ Lura, and Dana Mashevsky. my name is Ryan Janke. Join us next week for another riveting episode of That Podcast. <laughs>